my sister found that Dunder Mifflin hoodie that I used to wear in high school. Oh yeah. She had it in her closet. She oh, my like, God. Do you want this back? And I was like, Yes, I yeah. will take that back. So the good <laughs> news the good news is I now know what I'll be wearing to your wedding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly, for your business paper needs, or Dunder Mifflin, the people versus paper people, Dunder Mifflin, the people versus paper people, Dunder Mifflin, the people versus paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and chief financial officer sean roney i'm edwin james regional manager and with us as always our producer in the warehouse mr alex ward bros before hoes why because your bros are always there for you they have got your back after your hoe rips your heart out for no good reason (laughs) and you were nothing but great to your hoe and you told her that she was the only hoe for you and that she was better than all the other hoes in the world and then Then suddenly she's not your hoe, no mo. <laughs> Sorry, that was that's a great one. That's a great one. I love it. I liked it. Uh, every week we discuss a topic about our favorite show, uh, NBC's The Office. This week, season two. Mm. We're gonna just talk about mm. the season as a whole. Some of our favorite episodes. Season two aired from September two thousand five to May two thousand six. It was the first full. 22-episode season of The Office. Of course, season one was only six episodes. Um, It kind of... uh, We see a break from the original BBC office, which um, the American version is based on. Starts to shift more towards an American sense of humor. We... uh, The storylines are new. um, There's a lot of repeats in season one from the BBC's version. And... uh, it's kind of just a more colorful show. Uh, Steve, Literally. Steve Carell looks a little better in season two. <laughs> I think he started working out maybe. Um, but uh, this is one of my... I mean, this is definitely... I look at season two as peak office sometimes. I know we had our episode about peak office. But looking back at season two, the the Jim and Pam, will they, won't they? Um, Michael being a... a, a making a jackass of himself constantly. Um, It's a great season. Yeah, I think when we were coming up to talk about uh, this season, I think part of the reason I wanted to discuss this was because I'm guilty of this, I think most of us, but uh, I tend to push us towards the later seasons when it comes to discussion topics, in part because there's a lot of plot in those later seasons, six, seven, eight, nine. And then also there are a lot of kind of character resolution-y moments, right? Like you get the characters kind of summing things up, the the resolution of the relationship between Jim and Pam, Dwight and Angela, Michael leaving, mm-hmm. then coming back for the finale, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But in season two, right, um, we get The Office really coming into its own, really becoming a very popular show here in the U.S. Like you said, the tone changes, the colors get brighter, Michael Scott loses weight, um, and it just feels like it's it's finally found its voice, its footing. It's 22 episodes versus the six-episode 
for a season. And I think just in general, the show kind of becomes itself. So mm-hmm. I wanted to take, uh, I think we should take, we're going to take some time to go through the characters, the moments, the relationships that make up the season. I think, of course, this is, this is the season of, of Jim and Pam, right? Mm-hmm. Should we just start there? Yeah. I mean, Pam is dating Roy, who we, uh, it has been introduced as a, a galoot. Um, <laughs> I think it's a little... <laughs> not a good word for Roy. He's basically Donkey Kong. <laughs> no, he's he's a warehouse worker. <laughs> right. He's a laborer. <laughs> he's blue collar. Yeah. But Michael uh, but, doesn't I mean, see a... it. Michael doesn't see that because he is collarblind. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, you know, Roy doesn't treat Pam very well. Right, you, we see as as Roy and Pam are on screen together uh, that their relationship isn't perfect. You do see moments, right, over the course of the early seasons where they do have kind of nice moments, and then it cuts to Jim feeling really awkward in the back. Yeah. But you also see them get into arguments. You see them, you know, just kind of show that they're not maybe perfect for each other, even though they're together at the moment. Valentine's Day, episode 16 of season two. Um, Pam spends the whole day watching uh, Phyllis get gifts from Bob Vance. When Roy comes in and she's pissed at him, he's like, oh, don't worry. When we get home, I'm going to give you the best sex of your life. It's like, <laughs> yeah, particularly. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I, yeah, and I wouldn't say like Roy's mean to Pam. He just takes her for granted. He's oblivious. Yeah. Really, yeah. really is like has no, like they've been engaged. He just is like, I'll just do what I want. And it's, yeah, it's he no com- point. He complains about um, having to listen to Pam talk. Right. Yeah, to Jim. Yeah. He he's glad that Jim is her friend at work so that she has someone to talk to because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. The, the narrative arc of, of Jim and Pam, like it, it, it just completely launches the show and the momentum of that. Not that I mean, that sort of gets resolved within the next couple seasons, but the momentum of that um, kind of hook that kind of brought the whole audience really projected the show, gave it momentum for really the rest of its run, I feel like in terms of an audience building. I think, too, I mean, too, like you said, this is kind of the season for Jim and Pam. And I think because the other, I mean, something else we haven't talked about, but I'm sure we will, is that the secondary characters, the ensemble characters, get development and screen time and lines in this, this season as the season goes on. So characters like Phyllis and Oscar and Kevin, they get more and more development and they become more and more part the of the ensemble, show. The ensemble, yeah. Right, but as that is happening, you get a lot of focus on Michael, Dwight, um, Jim, Pam, and to a lesser extent, Ryan. But um, Jim and Pam in particular, I mean, the way that their sort of relationship, um, even though they're not together, is uh, kind of handled, I think, is really well. It's paced in a very nice way that kind of lives within the sort of mundane sort of doldrums of the office where they share these small moments together, right? Um, Kind of bonding and having really endearing, like connected moments, even though they're not, you know, in a relationship with each other. I think just in general, like it's really... um, it's like it's very endearing. It's very heartbreaking. It's it's very sweet. Like those are the moments I think that make up what Jim and Pam kind of are supposed to be. I think. I mean, I think what like hooks you into the show a little bit is is this uh, that that the characters could have better lives. That they almost want better lives, but they've all settled for this, and you watch them continue to do that. And I think that like. You know, just that Jim is actually a a very smart, charming guy, and he just is going to work at this paper company just because. Same with Pam settling for reception. And that Jim can't have Pam, and so he just dates um, uh, Amy Adams. Katie. You know, who he doesn't really connect with, but, you know, he just doesn't seem to 
to care. Um, it, it's it's something interesting about watching them in that in those situations. Yeah, I think I think uh, it's it's very resonant, and I think it's it's very something that uh, that you can kind of tap into as a viewer. This idea that you're maybe in a job that you're not you know, really into it, you don't think is going to be the rest of your life. It's very temporary and you feel like you're destined or qualified or capable of a lot more. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's uh there's an episode in the office Olympics episode where, where, where Pam says about Jim, yes, the Jim is the best. He's really engaging and funny and smart. And he when can he get sets people. his mind to something. Right. It, like he can, he can do amazing things, but the problem is the gym works here. So like those moments never really happen, yeah. you know? So, um, there's some there's a, there's some suspense to it. It yeah. You you're just waiting for when is he gonna tell her that he loves her? You know when are you know when is Pam gonna strive for something beyond reception? You know. And I think too the the sort of will they won't they sort of feature is is uh, made a little more interesting or a little more complex by the fact that Pam has kind of committed herself to Roy, right? That she's engaged. It's not like in um, in Cheers, right? And Sam, when Sam and Diane are going back and forth, the, it's just that they're opposites, right? And they 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 like they get into arguments and they hate each other, right? Like that's yeah. the that's the kind of cliche is these two people like really hate each other. They're, they're at each other's throats all the time, right? And then they get together, or it's like will they want the, you know? But with Jim and Pam, it's almost like they're locked out of that because of Pam's engagement. And it's like, how are they going to overcome that? Or what's going to happen? Like, they won't continue down this path forever. So that's how they kind of, that's kind of what underpins season two, up until Casino Night, where Jim makes his move yeah. and tells Pam that he loves her. The big finale, a great season best, finale. I, best finale in the series, right? Yeah, I would agree. Like, it's the only yeah. cliffhanger you really get in this show. You're right. It is. I'm just trying to think of the other ones. But there you go. Level. You can't. Yeah. You can't even. But uh, but. Um, okay. Wait, wait. Wait. Let's take. Let's go through it. The job. Okay. Right? Oh, when okay. Ryan looks at the camera. Yeah. When Ryan looks end. at the yeah. camera at the end. That's a good one. Right. Goodbye, Toby. When yeah. Jim doesn't propose. Goodbye, Toby to Pam. is a great episode. Uh shoot. That How was, was drafted in our episode draft. Yeah, was season five and so the was last Casino episode Night. of season five. Holly, Lee. No, Holly leaves. Um no or is that later? that's earlier in that season. Hold on. I'm oh man, I'm slowing us down so much. No, this is good. I wanna this is Hot Girl oh, is the finale. Company of season picnic. One. Oh company picnic ah. season. Ah, yeah, Casino Night's definitely better than Jim that. and Pam are pregnant. That's like the big reveal. That's the big right? reveal. And uh Holly and Michael reconnect when they do their right. history of Dunder Mifflin. Holly, you and I are sno- soup snakes. Which we different kind? No wait, soulmates. <laughs> uh, season six ends with whistleblower, right? Okay. Uh-huh. Um, season seven ends with the search committee part two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, season eight ends with free family portrait studio, and then season nine is the finale. So they all have like it's like all those things in common are like uh, uh, they have to do with the relationship we really care about, mm-hmm. right? In, yeah. s- in some way or another, and the season two is the first time. It's really the only chance the show gets to use Jim and Pam's, you know, drama as a real hook. I mean, there, yeah. there of course, is the they're having marital problems later. They're struggling with their move to Philadelphia. All that there's all that later, but yeah. But this whole season is it's 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 like early in a relationship where there's a sort of you get to do these like dates for the first time that you know you you maybe you'll do that you'll go to that restaurant a whole lot in your relationship but the first time you go you remember it and it's yeah they get all these chances to play with new plot devices just within the office there's not even the people from Stanford yet so right. it's the only time you get 
kind of the full original cast just on its own including all the ensemble members it's just it's a sweet it's a special season for that reason the jim and pam story in in season two starts with episode one of season two the dundies mm-hmm. um when of course they go to Chili's. um pam gets super drunk i think roy leaves kind of in a fight right is this right um i think she just leaves. yes yeah she's like i want to stay and like stuff like that so she he leaves she's getting hammered and drinking everybody's drinks second drink polishing off empties <laughs> yeah yeah, for, yeah second drink <laughs> uh when the ice melts at the end of the drink right <laughs> um she gets kicked out of the chilies but she uh does kiss jim at one point in chilies um after she wins an award uh, and they just kind of bond more from there. So this gets Jim's hopes up quite a bit, I think. Um, what award does she win? Whitest tennis shoes. Which Jim looks out for her because he's worried that Michael's going to give her longest engagement again. He does that in a very clever way where he says, like, I think if you recycle some jokes, it, it comes across as lazy. And the look <laughs> on Michael's face when he says that, he's so upset. Um I don't know. I don't know if it gives Jim hope, but it's it's another moment in their, you know, their Maybe back and it gives forth. Right? Us hope. That's probably that's <laughs> <laughs> the audience. I think that's better. That's a more fair way to say it. I think there are a number of sort of uh, moments where they go back and forth, and then like I think um, just to kind of jump forward, I think the other one, at least for me, is um, in the Christmas party. I think the Christmas party episode uh, is a big. A uh, really important episode in this season, not just because of Jim and the teapot and the yearbook picture, mm-hmm. right? Uh, actually, to backtrack one, um, in performance review, when, uh, or no, email surveillance, mm, okay. where Jim has his party, and Jim and Pam are in Jim's bedroom, right. and she's like looking at the yearbook picture, and Jim You're is- so dorky. Like, it's, such, it's a very, it's a moment that they share together, yeah. right? But in Christmas party, he gives uh, Pam the teapot, which, with the with a bunch of inside jokes yeah. built in. Hot sauce packet she thought was ketchup. A golf pencil he doesn't want to explain. And the yearbook photo. And the yearbook photo. And then a and letter, the letter that he that he sneaks and puts into his back pocket. Because the holidays are when you tell people- very really feel, feel about that physically very smooth move to get that letter out of there into the back pocket. <laughs> yeah. very smooth smooth operator that yeah. halpert but mm-hmm. then it become it comes back at the end of season nine when they when he gives the, her the card from the teapot we don't know what's in it um i think the other interesting thing about that episode is it establishes the christmas episode as a fixture of every season yeah right? mm-hmm. like the christmas episode is always a moment where something crazy happens like where people like oh, get yeah kind of hang loose like they get really Which drunk is probably together. true to life in the office in right. true office life sure absolutely and they get they get like they get drunk together you know is this enough 15 to... bottles of vodka cool cool <laughs> yeah. box it up <laughs> yeah it should do the trick lampshade on head right it's Sean, happening last episode in the conference room you did the one episode characters yeah that checkout guy is a good that one. checkout guy is a good one he just sticks Damn in the mind i don't know he's, yes he does he it does also, a lot with he's got those lines. sideburns <laughs> it might have my favorite todd packer line where packer comes in and he goes what's up my nerds <laughs> uh season two is the introduction of todd packer too it's uh yeah um you know you you uh there is another episode that i think was um uh, important to uh, Jim and Pam, which was the fight episode six. Oh yeah, when uh, they are they are being very flirtatious on this day, mm. and then they g- all go to the dojo at lunch uh, <laughs> to watch uh, Dwight and uh, and uh, Michael fight, and 
Jim like picks up Pam in kind of this weird. They're flirting, they're, they're, kinda, like fighting, yeah. sort of. And then Meredith notices, and like Pam's shirt gets pulled up and gets really, really awkward and weird about it. And like, oh my God, put me down, put me down. Yeah, yeah. And so we. That's kind of a moment where we just realize how fragile their friendship yeah. can be, and that Jim could come close to fucking it up sometimes. Well, and in the performance review, I mean, let, let's just say this. Every episode has little moments of things that are important to the Jim and Pam relationship mm-hmm. as we're tracing that over the course of the season, right? Right. Just sure. trying to find the big highlights. I think, um, I'm just thinking about this now, but in the performance review episode, um, Pam is like really trying to find out about Dwight and Angela, and she asks Phyllis if she's heard anything about office romances. And Phyllis is like, oh, you mean like you and Jim? Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. You guys are just yeah, so close. Yeah, she's, like, like, shocked. And then Pam says to the camera, like, just because two people are friends doesn't mean that something's going on. Like, so yeah. she becomes kind of aware of how other people might be perceiving kind of their friendship and things mm-hmm. like that. So it comes out a lot. I think just kind of kind of trying to, tr- to trace this through to the end of the season, Booze Cruise. Um, yeah. So many iconic episodes. Yeah, Looking through the I list. Know. Man. All Booze of these. Cruise. Boys and girls. So solid. It's an album full of bangers. Drug testing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but Booze Cruise, you know, Jim realizes that he's, you know, still in love with Pam. He breaks up with Katie, right? Yeah, he on kind the of tells Pam how he feels, right? Where they're on the, like, they're outside together, right? And he kind of can't mm-hmm. talk to her, you know? Um, and then, of course, you know, the secret where Jim ends up telling Michael, which basically right. ends up telling everyone. Oh, my right? gosh, yes. Michael starts to dress like Jim, right? And Michael <laughs> says he is in love with a girl that he works with, right? Yeah. And basically, he spills the beans. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of fast forwarding, right, uh, to casino night, right? I w- Drug testing when Pam jinxes Jim. Oh, yes. And yeah. there's a part where she's like, it looks like you have something you really want to tell me. What is it? What is it? And he just gives her this. She says, those doughy doughy eyes. She says, you can tell me anything. And his face just falls, you know? Yeah. Um, I think he, she totally like picks up on that. Yeah. And then goes and buys him the Coke to buy for her. And I think too, uh, in the commentary, like I think, uh, or, or I remember reading or hearing something where Jenna Fisher talked about that scene and how like, she said she went and cried after that scene or something like that. Oh, like, wow. It was a very impactful. It's hmm. super real. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it's so it's it's and, and I mean, the actors at the ages they were, I mean, there there is a very much a kind of a teen romance feel. I'm, I'm not saying they're teenagers, but like when you're watching season Probably two, less. they're so much younger that you still have these kind of romantic games. Oh, yeah. That, like are so visceral, I think, to so many people of, you know, if you've had a crush on someone and you've yeah. never been able to do something. It's like we can all relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um this is a, a bit of a side tangent, but I just like recently there's watched a video and it was like um, uh, they were talking about this, an essay David Foster Wallace wrote about irony. And he talked about TV throughout the 90s of how so many shows, things like Seinfeld uh, or Seinfeld and um, even like South Park, they kind of were devoid of real emotional moments. And it kind of became a lot of eye rolling and a lot of just jokes. And everyone was kind of mean and nothing. There was no sort of real emotional catharsis. Hmm. And, he, and then it credits The Office with hmm. being this large comeback to sincerity. It's really uh, interesting. What we really needed. And this season, and you get in season one, you don't really get those sincere moments no. nearly as much. But this season, um, he was, not David Foster Wallace, but the guy analyzing his essay was like, The Office is sort of this, let's return to some sincerity. And you get moments throughout this season that are like super 
touching. Like, right away, I think about the the first episode again, the Dundies, when Michael's being super obnoxious the whole time, totally offensive. Mm-hmm. He does ping the racist. Hello, mm-hmm. everybody. Character. I am ping. I mean, he's just being f- like the super, Dundies. How can I explain it? I'll take it through my friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then those like those um there's those jerks at Chili's who like sing it, Elton. You suck. You suck, man. And they like throw their drink at him, and you just see like Michael get so defeated mm-hmm. so quickly. And um, the office stands up for him. You know, I mean, I think Pam is starts applauding again right. or something like that. But that is like, I don't think you felt sorry for him in season one ever. You mm-hmm. know, so this is like right off the bat, season one, they're kind of trying to change things up a little bit. The, the other big moment that, for me, the the first moment in the office that really was like punched me in the heart was the talk that Michael and Jim have on the booze cruise. Yeah, um, it's the first time you see Michael in this kind of not a father figure, but at least like someone who Jim turns to for advice or mm-hmm. gets good advice. Michael gives good advice. It's kind of like, whoa, this shows has a little another dimension I never really mm. considered before. Never ever give up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then there's another moment where I don't even remember the context, but it's it's undercut with. Jim and Pam, and I think it's uh, it's you know when two people find each other, like what should keep them apart? You know, mm-hmm. like that's like a moment that like where Michael is speaking and kind of delivering like a pearl of wisdom mm. that you don't really expect mm-hmm. to come from him, but it's directly about Jim and Pam. You know? Yeah, yeah, and it, it is. It's it's a sh- it's a show, and this season especially, like there's not really sarcastic humor in the office. There's not irony. You know, it all a lot of it does come from putting very fully realized characters in situations together where they react and it's, Mm. it makes, it's really funny. And that's, that does go against the grain. I think of a lot of big shows that came before the office. And you are, and you know, when you talk about real characters reacting, the ensemble characters reacting and becoming and growing into Mm -hmm. themselves and having a presence on the show is something that is unique to this season Mm -hmm. compared to basically every other season, right? You get to see, Kevin kind of become himself and, you know, Oscar and Angela Meredith, and Meredith at the all, Christmas party. Right. And Phyllis, like they all get these, these, uh, these moments to kind of shine and steal scenes. And like, I mean, that's Creed. part of the humor in the early seasons. It's like, wait, what are you saying? Like, mm-hmm. is that trash talk from Phyllis? Right. Yeah. And, uh, in the office Olympics episode, like there are a lot of really nice moments. Oh yeah. The office, Olymp- guy. office Olympics is another episode that ends mm-hmm. on a really heartwarming note. Um, when they're all having the medal ceremony and Michael is, is, you know, has bought his condo and is, is feeling, um, vulnerable, I guess. But, uh, just another really heartwarming moment. The warehouse too comes into play in season two. The, a, little, yeah. a little more. I mean, you, obviously it's in basketball and in the first season, but, um, Darryl. boys and girls mm-hmm. is, yeah, it's a big uh, is, a, is an episode. Still get Patrice O'Neill in the office in this yep. season. R.I.P. Yeah. Patrice O'Neill. God, it really is scrolling through these episodes. Just every one. What's your it's favorite episode from season two? Can you pick one? I love Conflict Resolution. Mm, that's itself. a good one. I think the last like five is such an amazing run. Where It, goes it really from, is. Take your daughter to work day to casino night. I think it's just like, man, those are back to back to back. Mm-hmm. I watched The Injury recently. That, that is an all time great. So that is an all time great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the first Halloween... Yeah. You know, we lose, uh, what, what's his name, Darren? Devin. Devin. Um, uh, yeah, that was, like, they, 
the Pete Best of the Office cast. <laughs> I, yeah, I think um, for me, rewatching the season and kind of going back to it, this is the season that I really fell in love with The Office as a viewer when it was sure. airing on TV. And uh, this is the season that like I bought the DVDs, you know, and like I watched them heavy rotation. Like mm-hmm. I spent a ton of time with the season, and. You know, it's one that I don't go back to as often just because of that fact, right? And I think I've said this on the show, but going back, I think the big difference between this season and the others is that the ones that come after is that uh, you get so many nice, small, quiet moments where characters deliver some of their funniest lines via talking head yeah. in a really sm- like a subtle, not very loud sort of way. Yeah. Like one I'm thinking of is Dwight, where he talks about how there's been a high uh, rate of yeast infections. It's probably because we're downriver. <laughs> From that old bread factory, right? <laughs> like it's such a small line. Yeah. Right? Or uh, and, and a lot of what Takes makes time with the yeah, delivery, so delivery of that. And what makes up a lot of these episodes is you have plot scenes, but then it's intercut with just small moments that are funny, right? Mm-hmm. Like at Jim's party in performance review, um, Ryan is cooking something on the barbecue, and Kevin slaps his hand away, and he goes, "Not so fast." fire guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it's just the, it's a tiny little moment but like those little things are kind of like the the bread and butter of the show he said i was dull <laughs> <laughs> um this is a great season for michael scott though we have to talk about michael uh, scott yeah we've gone yeah. a while without talking uh, about so let's so i mean first of all the client uh, where michael takes uh michael and jan take tim meadows out to uh outback steakhouse and Chili's. Chili's. It, is it? Chili's. Oh, biz- Chili's is where business is done. Oh, my gosh. Small what? Businessman Magazine. They they published that? No, I wrote a letter. Oh, my gosh. How could I forget? This is the season of Chili's. That's right. Um, because, of course, uh, Michael gives Devin a Chili's <laughs> uh, gift certificate as well, a coupon when he fires him. But at the end of that episode, Michael and Jan smooch in the parking lot. <laughs> All uh, right, we're going to go go into the go-go. <laughs> uh, they don't actually sleep together. They just spend the night talking and crying. <laughs> That's right. this, is the, this is the beginning, not only of Michael and Jan, but the beginning of there being some sort of unrest or instability, lack of stability, in the corporate level above Michael. Yeah. Like, we start to see a little bit of, uh, I mean, eventually it becomes this function as Jan kind of, you know, goes down her thing and eventually gets fired. But like, this is the first we see of that. You know? Right. In season one, it's very much like corporate is all these people who have their shit together, just trying to get Michael to behave. It's less of corporate slash Jan applying pressure to Michael than it is in season two. Poor Jan. Yeah. Honestly. For- <laughs> have I slept with a woman? More than one? Less than three. That is not current. <laughs> it's I kind don't of know, fun- James. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny because they have... You know, like we said, the Jim and Pam is is the is the thrust of this season. But like, then they also introduce the Angela and Dwight relationship, yeah, and Jan and Michael, and these sort of alternate versions of Jim and Pam that are much more dysfunctional, and in some cases, and they both have to be secret. Those you other mean two Dwight relationships, and Angela? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and like they have they keep that secret. Michael and Jan have to kind of keep their secret. Um, Everyone seems to figure it out though in performance review, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, and. and uh, another great Michael, oh, Michael moment. Michael Jan, yes. Yeah. Uh, sorry. E- email surveillance uh, is when we learn that Michael is in an improv group. Right. We get to see Michael go to improv class, which is an all-time great moment. This is, yeah, there's still, there's a lot of, um, 
the the physical Steve Carell's like physical comedy prowess is really established in oh this season. Gosh. When he dances on the booze cruise, I mean, yeah, incredible, oh incredible moment. <laughs> All his stuff in the improv. Like, it's kind of a throwback to the British Office one where Ricky Gervais dances, but like right. Michael Scott makes it his own. He's like, dancing is how we speak with our bodies. What am I saying? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the injury, there's some great physical comedy. Just the way that he like can't ever open a door with his crutches mm-hmm. and like. <laughs> I love the scene where in the injury where Michael is in the bathroom and yeah. Toby and Ryan are standing outside and, you just, and we just hear like the splashing him, and crashing yeah. noises mm-hmm. and the, the groans that Steve Carell makes. He's like, Ryan, send Ryan. He has to clean me up. Ryan is uh, dead. Cause BJ Novak makes the, the throat yeah. across. His yeah. <laughs> Ryan, who's supposed to be dead. <laughs> Ryan is dead. No, he's not. The, uh, speaking of Ryan, you bring him up too. Yeah, he has there a you much go. Different role yes. in season two than sure. he does in any other season. For Fire sure. guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's still kind of just a normal guy in season two. He's a temp. He's not really wanting to be there. Like he's, you, you don't really get the sense of who he is outside of the fact that Michael treats him like a servant and uh, mm-hmm. is is like weirdly. Uh, like infatuated or or, uh, or loves hanging out with Ryan. Like yeah, cool guy. He's yeah. young, wins hottest in the office, mm-hmm. and he gets like the utility of Ryan in season one, which is like we need a new guy to tour through the office. Essentially, uh, you, that's not there in season two anymore. And he's there, and he's still he's still like on the in the credits in the opening credits. Like he's I mean, he is for the whole time. But yeah, um, we also see his relationship with Kelly start to develop. Oh my gosh. Start, yeah. But, Valentine's day. And that starts when it's like they hook up and then he's just like, I don't want to do that. Hooked up with Kelly the day before Valentine's day. He says with his hands in his hair. Yeah. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Walk away, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I think in general, like this season is a lot of Michael, driving the action right mm-hmm. this like a lot of the early episodes of the office you can do you can describe as this is x day in the office and michael is doing this right mm-hmm. so it's halloween and michael has to fire someone right mm-hmm. like um it's it's christmas and michael is is leading the white elephant group like it's take your daughter to work day and michael is uncomfortable around children with the children yeah, yeah it's it's funny the way that how much he drives the action in this episode and like or in this season um or like in his birthday right we just get to see how insecure yep. and and needy michael is and it gets explored in so many different ways like in michael's birthday where he rents the the hockey rink and <laughs> dwight is in the jersey but kevin is waiting to find out if he has skin cancer right like, and uh, you get to see Steve Carell's talent as a as a skater is very yeah, evident. That's right, yeah. incredible skater. Right. He's incredibly, he's a beautiful skater. He's like, why have I spent all this time? This is later in the show, but he's like, why, why have I spent so much time at Dunder Mifflin? I don't know because I could have. It's not the money because I could have made much more as a doctor, professional athlete. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, season two is I think the best, at least for me, I think is the best. Kevin, the subtle, kind of more quiet reserved kevin who who is like actually maybe a cool guy yeah who's just a little muted who's like just he, a little like he plays in the, he's quiet he's got guy. a he plays band, band. He, he plays <laughs> poker right he wears that fedora yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> they i noticed they zoom in on his like bracelet when in casino night as he's talking about winning like like yeah, he's wearing get, some jewelry and you, stuff so you get a bracelet when you win a world series of poker event. oh okay okay That's why, whatever he talks about because <laughs> he talks about oh, yeah. how he won a world series yeah, of yeah. poker event right 
Uh, or like when Kevin gets the foot bath. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Maybe I should have taken the iPod. Oh, shoot. Yeah, little <laughs> things like that where Kevin is less of a, mm-hmm. you know, full-on... Um, a cartoon character. Yeah, kind of. exactly. Mm-hmm. And it is more uh, more subtle or more uh, comes in in the Creeping background. Creeping that direction. Right. Great little Phyllis moments. She's, again... They're they're just sort of easing their way into the show, and yeah. so you get these the little moments they have are great. Um, In a way where they all feel real, you exactly. Know? Yeah, <laughs> everyone on the Titanic drowned. <laughs> <laughs> we learn that Oscar is gay, but he hasn't come out yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Via the oh, secret yeah. episode where oh. Dwight is investigating, right? I love. Oh my gosh, that's a great Michael and Dwight moment too. When Dwight is telling Oscar about this, and like. Michael shuts down Dwight so often, but this is one of those few times where they hang up with Oscar and he's like, and Dwight's like, do you believe him? He's like, no, I want you to make this a priority. (laughs) Investigate this. (laughs) I think think the drug testing episode is worth talking about a little more in detail. And you know, we didn't even mention in our Dwight episode too, just like that part where Dwight, has to decide between Michael and his morals and pees in the cup for him. Yeah. <laughs> carries it's it, a big, carries it through the office in the, in a coffee cup. Cause Michael went to an Alicia Keys concert. Dwight, it's Michael, a funny cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> Michael opens the door like a crack and then shuts it in, <laughs> in Dwight's face. Oh my God. It hits so Dwight sad. hard. It yeah. hits Dwight. He, he really, turns in his badge. Yeah. 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 He really does. That's how scene two, when you sort of get the revolving door, every character, let's like, let's have every character interact with Dwight. Uh, again, like you, you just don't get a ton of moments like that in the rest of the seasons. You can really only get away with that in season two. Um, you get to know Creed. He gives you. That is Northern Lights Cannabis Indica. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great writing. It's oh, so good. So good. Yeah. Um, that uh, I think like uh, that episode jumps to mind. That's at probably top two or three for me. I would say from the season. Um, just a just it's kind of funny now. Like it, like we how destigmatized weed has become since that episode. Aired. Oh sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know how They're well it'll continue to age, but it's still that, fantastic. W- that they find a joint in the parking lot, so they the company sends a drug testing company to the office to drug test everyone that day is so outrageous. (laughs) I think it's the day before or something like that. Or it's like, uh, Dwight calls, Dwight calls it in or something. And it's like corporate policy. Right. They'll randomly screen or something like that. If they feel like they have, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's, it it feels, it always felt to me more like Dwight invoking a rule from the rule book. Right. That is like rarely enforced. Well, there's that other part, uh, it, maybe this isn't even in this uh, season, but when Dwight uh, and Michael um, plant Caprese salad in Toby's desk. Oh yeah, and frame Toby, and they're able to like call the cops to like come in and search the desk for like a bag of a little baggie of weed. It just it mm-hmm. they're very sensitive about marijuana in Pennsylvania, Scranton, Pennsylvania. When you look down the list of these episodes, uh, just speaking of drug testing, you can almost see like the writers coming up with a list of like. All right, what could happen in a typical workplace? And they just came up with like, okay, maybe there's a day they have to do random drug screenings. What could happen there? Mm-hmm. Um, they do. Ha- they have Halloween. They have Christmas. These uh, Valentine's Day. Um, take your daughter to work day. They sort of just these list. What if we had a, so, re- a real personnel problem? What if know? someone like, poops on <laughs> Michael's carpet? <laughs> yeah, what if, right. Or like, uh, it's just these lists of like, 
what are these little sandboxes we could play with it or would be in an office you know the, we haven't really mentioned the episode the carpet which i think also has another moment um where michael um invites uh tells Ed Truck that there's some problem with his severance pay or something like, or his retirement Mm -hmm. money or something like that to get him to come out to the office. And then, you know, tells him about what what happened. Someone uh, pooped on his carpet. And uh, Ed Truck says something to him to the effect of like, you know, why can't your workers be your workers and your family be your family? Mm -hmm. And like, that really affects Michael too. You know, that, that, Maybe, you know, but then, of course, we learn in the end that his best friend, Todd Packer, was the one who did it Mm -hmm. and all that. We get the introduction of Todd Packer as like this really weird kind of playing to Michael's worst influences. Michael feels like the Dwight to Packer's, you know, version of Michael Scott. Yeah, that's very true. And uh, Packer only comes back kind of later in the show. Like they don't really utilize him all that often, but he's like a. you know, he's just this weird, destructive, obnoxious force. He pops in enough. Yeah, his his introduction is, I think, in sexual harassment. I think that's the time, the first time we see him. He's on the phone. No, he calls in the pilot. In I the think. pilot, he yeah. calls, and it's not that actor right, who I can't. Oh, it's not remember. David Koechner. No, no, but is that the Michael Snot? When does he say that? Where's Michael Snot sniffing some dude's thong? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> You know what I, uh, uh, another thing I like is in, uh, in, in, I think in Office Olympics, huge, heavy, heavy hitting episode. Yeah. Um, but the process of Michael buying a condo yeah, is a really nice device to kind of see the other side of Michael's life, of how little he has He's trying to be office, an adult. And it really sets up his need to be a part of this family that he calls that he considers a family. Like yeah. it's, it's really important that you see that, like the lonely process he doesn't, of buying the condo. He doesn't have anything. Right. He doesn't have much outside of yeah. the office and his improv class. <laughs> I think too, you know, in, in these episodes, we, we see a lot of what are the office tropes, which is like Michael, you know, coming up with something that everyone has to kind of live with a cold open, you know, mm-hmm. where, where um, mm-hmm. you know, Jim is pranking Dwight. Like, just in general, this is like a very pure version of The Office, right? Yes. In later seasons, you know, like the cold opens are almost like they have to be, they almost have to reference the fact that, like, they've done these cold opens so often, right? Mm. Or um, you see the opening credits where somebody else is manager and they turn the little thing differently or they, they use different shots of the actors and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. this is like The Office at its almost its purest form, right? Right. Where it's just people working in an office and there's a lot of funny, weird things that happen. Yeah, know? yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Everybody's there for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, the core uh, people. I mean, season three, you could almost say too, but like, but but things are messed up because we've got Jim at Stanford and new people in the office and things like that. So that's a great point you mentioned, right? I mean, we talk about this office being like, or this office, this season of the office being, you know, this is where it becomes really popular. I think one thing we should mention is Steve Carell was in the 40 year old virgin, the summer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Seasons one and two. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, I think even reading about the, uh, the ratings, like um, the premiere did almost twice as well. The season premiere of season two, of the Dundies when it aired did almost twice as well as hot girl when uh, the last episode of uh, mm-hmm. season one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, so thinking about how this season is very like, we, we love the season. There's a lot of great moments, Jim and Pam, right? Like let's, let's talk about how 
in season three, starting in season three, the world starts to expand. More characters come in. Andy Bernard, Karen Filippelli, right? We see more David Wallace. Like, as the show begins to expand and grow and all these characters, like, when I think about favorite seasons and favorite moments, right, it's it's like, man, but they don't have, you know, Aaron or Gabe or Andy, mm. like, in these earlier seasons. So you think the this season two is better or for worse for not having more characters or for staying in the office? I don't think, I don't know if, I mean, while those characters are so funny and I love them, like, I mean, this season two is a, this shows you, you don't need all that. Like you don't need a bunch of extra characters. You don't need another branch or to like, I mean, they maybe, maybe they go to the corporate office in this. Michael goes to New York. Yeah, he does. Okay. Amazing. Okay. So Conan, you know, Conan O'Brien oh, walks by he while he's talking to the fake Tina Fey. Of course he does. Yeah, that's right. Is the city so nice? They named it twice. Manhattan is the other name. <laughs> uh, Sorry. <laughs> like, I've been, uh, let's just say that uh, my, my trivia has been getting stomped on this whole oh, episode. No. <laughs> well, well, look, we I are... got a New York pizza, my, my favorite New York pizza joint, and I'm going to get me a New York slice, uh, Sabaro. We, we are getting close to, to our time here. So what, what do you, do you have any, any concluding statements about season two? I have a couple questions for you guys. Oh, questions. Okay, fine. You mentioned cold opens, and I found this, I was like, starting to think about that more. It's fascinating. So, I didn't realize there's no cold opens in season one and the first two episodes of season two. Yeah. What's the first cold open in the office? Gosh, I don't know off the top of my head. It's from office Olympics. Jeans. No, Michael has Ryan get him a breakfast sandwich. Oh, I was going to oh, say, that's a moment. Come in at like I six. love that moment. Mm-hmm. Take your pants off, run around. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I'm going to go nap in my so car. Creepy. He's like, I'm uh, I'm an, he's like, I'm a bit of an early bird and I'm also a night owl. Yeah. Which means uh, I am wise and I have worms. <laughs> a lot of these cold opens have to do with and then, the... Yeah. And then he, do, he takes off the, the bun and he goes, healthier, less carbs. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the cold opens have to do with setting up the plot for the rest of the episode as well. Yeah. Um, and the first Jim Dwight prank, at least that happens in a cold open, do you remember which one? Is it that? the desk? The desk in the bathroom. Yeah. Mm. Which is a massive project, oh, by yeah. the way, getting that whole desk with a working phone. Who helped him with that? <laughs> There's a lot. Somebody of, must have. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, then he hits. Then he pops the yoga ball, which isn't really a prank. Uh, he puts his stuff in the vending machine, mm-hmm. and he he gift wraps it. He gift gift wraps the desk. Right? Is that the sub- that's season no. three, I believe. Oh, okay. uh, and then the only other one he does is convincing Dwight he can move things with his mind in cold. Oh yeah. In terms of cold in, opens. in the cold opens. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Yeah. And then sorry, my last one. This is my. Uh, just a fantastic cold open is when Jim keeps looking up at reception at where Pam and he keeps looking at Ryan and he's like Ryan's like that's weird but it's not the way Michael looks at me it, it <laughs> just the way it pans over to Michael and then he's like staring at him through, he's got one finger pulling down the blind <laughs> staring at the blind catches the camera yeah. looking at him it's really oh my gosh it's just good stuff good stuff uh, I think just okay to wrap up season yeah, two yeah. and and kind of going back to my other question is like I think I I think the show is at its best when it can feature all these characters, but mm-hmm. I think the focus that you get from season two is like is really important and really allows it to kind of, you know, be the kind of uh, a purest version of the Office, if mm-hmm. not maybe like the perfect version. I'm not saying it is or isn't, but like it definitely feels like the Office is the most itself in season two, right? Yeah, I and agree. I mean, for me personally, like this is one of the like seasons that is closest to me. Like I've oh, yeah. spent so much time with the season. Like there are moments that like I, I really love and uh, going back to rewatch it and finding, 
I think the the idea that you can go back to the office, even having seen it so many times, and finding small moments or little things or visual sight gags that like you maybe didn't notice before that you'd forgotten about mm-hmm. is like the joy of watching the show. Yeah, totally. like that's totally. that's why I rewatched the show to find small things that I'd forgotten. You know, yeah. I think and going back to rewatch season two gave me a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I believe it's time for our conference room. All right, you know what? That's it. Conference room, five minutes. All right, so for this one, this is going to be real quick. Uh, I just cut together what I consider some of my favorite bloopers from season two. Okay, uh, Ones I wish they had just kept in the show (laughs) as is because it's so good. So there's just two minutes. I'm just going to play it. Okay. Audio conference room. All right. (laughs) Pulling out the TV in the conference room here. Where is the clitoris? (laughs) (laughs) If someone says next to the vagina... Does that mean so much time on the leg? So <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I will end up having your little butt in jail, and what they will I do know. to you is nothing compared to what I'll do to <laughs> you before you get down there. You are not to be ready. <laughs> <laughs> he said I was dull. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I am going is. to have kids, and I'm going to get married. Not necessarily in that order. What if and she's And they're going to live here. What? <laughs> <laughs> what if she's 50? I love what? you. I love you, Michael. I love you, too. What are you even talking about? I was just talking about... I farted. <laughs> are you kidding me? I did. Oh, my God! This is... This is my place! Okay, let's go back to one. Everybody, just having fun. Having a good time. The, the brainiacs and the, the dorks and the <laughs> athletes and the sluts and the... <laughs> I remember every hot summer morning, <laughs> I Dad is driving us all over to Rocky Glen swimming hole near Factoryville. We would splash away until 10 a.m. and then work the beet fields till well after midnight. It's gotta be John Krasinski. Who's tackling that? My it's... uncle told me it looked like a sausage casing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't work with this. That's it. Oh, that's oh, great. That was a great conference room. Uh, just for fun. All right. Let's wrap this thing up. Let's do some trivia. Let's wrap it up. Let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. <laughs> All right. Well, I mentioned a little bit before, but um, this is... I, I brought some hard questions to this one. Good, okay. good, good. This is from season two, episode 16. Oh, man. Off the top of my head, uh, the... Secret. It's the, it's the no. carpet. You said it. You actually said what episode sixteen during this episode. I have it handy. It's cri- it Christmas party. No, it's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day. Oh. I looked. I looked. <laughs> number. It? I was looking at number overall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is from Valentine's Day. Well, we look great. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's go in order of the episode here. Uh boy. <laughs> These are tough. <laughs> All right, what magazine? It's a it's a fake magazine, but what magazine is Kelly reading when she's talking to Jim 
and recapping her date with Ryan. What's the name of the fictional, fictional magazine? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. No idea. I don't know. Self. Self. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a really fictional magazine? I don't I know. I, I, think it it's, I think it's a real magazine. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like a fake play on us magazine or something <laughs> i don't know anyway <laughs> i just like that kelly would be reading that mm-hmm. um and then i said Ryan. it's a real magazine yeah, it real? Yeah, oh my so. god yeah yeah no okay yeah. uh who does michael think the founder of the Rockefeller center is uh oh man he points out the skating rink he goes i think the rangers practice the here. rangers practice here 30 Rockefeller center Norman Rockefeller? Norman Rockwell? I don't know. Mm, uh, good guess. No, Theodore Rockefeller. Oh. I think it's Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> oh, Theodore oh, Roosevelt. God, it's it's Theodore good. Rockefeller. Yeah. I never uh, caught that. Michael refers to New York as Scranton on what three different things? Steroids? Yes. Speed? Yes. Uh, crack? I don't know. Acid. Acid. <laughs> and it goes in the reverse order. He goes, it's like <laughs> Scranton on acid. No, speed. Oh, yeah. No, steroids. Uh, All right. He. This is, of course, when Michael goes and meets. uh, We meet David Wallace for the first time. Yeah, Valentine's Day. He's the new new CFO. Financial officer. Jan's very stressed out. They've hooked up. Uh, Michael spills the beans when he's talking to these three regional managers: Craig, Josh, and Alan. Nope, Buffalo. Uh, Craig and Josh are correct. Josh Porter in Stanford. Craigers, Craigers. Albany. We never know Craig's last name. Is it Bruce? I, know, I can vis- I can see the other guy. I yeah. just don't know his it's name. Dan Gordon in no, Buffalo. I never Dan, Dan Gordon in Buffalo. I think it's Dan Gore. Is it not? I thought it was Gordon. The only reason I say that is because Dan Gore was like a writer. He wrote on Parks. He created Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh. Like now that you say that, like I remember hearing that and thinking that I could be wrong, but uh, yeah. well, now I got to know. Hang on. Yeah. It is. It is. Oh, it is Dan Gore. Dan You're right. G-O-R. Yeah. Sure, they said Gordon. Yeah. Wow. This is, listeners, this is how good Edwin is at trivia. <laughs> yeah. He just corrected my Holy question. As a, as, a, as, a, as a similar thing, if you notice, one of the producers that's listed in the opening credits in a lot of the episodes of The Office is Randy Cordray. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. So that plays into Danny Cordray in season seven. Oh, okay. Uh, who receives Valentine's Day gifts in this episode? Phyllis? Yes. Oscar? So, yes. Angela. I wonder if the Oscar, because he gets flowers. Like, who's it from? She's my mom. He says his mom. It's from Gil. from Gil. It's yeah. definitely from Gil. Yeah. I wonder if he knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, what Oscar said. Yeah. Uh, you said Phyllis, Oscar, Angela. Uh, Dwight. And Dwight, of course, gets the bobblehead, the iconic bobblehead, which right. uh, apparently they made a... Uh, NBC made an initial order of like 5,000 of those to sell, and they just sold out. Oh, my God. I can oh, imagine, yeah. Sure. Of course. Yeah. yeah. The other one I'm not sure about is Stanley. We see Stanley eating a heart thing of chocolates, ah. uh, but it might have been something Bob Vance gave to Phyllis that he was eating. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Not clear on that one. Um, uh, if we see, oh, we see, at the end, we see a mug on David Wallace's desk. What does it say? Oh, my gosh. I have World's best boss. Yes, world's best. It does. Uh, what? It awesome. Does. <laughs> it's a little like he's got his own world's best boss. Slightly mug. different. But it's a black mug with white text as opposed oh. to Michael's. He got it at Hot Topic instead of Spencer Gifts. <laughs> I love the little like things that they drop that like corporate is just kind of a uh, like a similar like, version. Similar version of uh, of Scranton. Like yeah. like David Wallace. It's such a throwaway line, but he's like, oh man, to Jim, like, oh, you're gonna love working here. For this one guy, Kendall. In HR. In HR. Ugh. 
<laughs> and then and then when Jim is sitting in the lobby, he hears uh, Dunner Mifflin. This is Grace. Like yeah, it's a different. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, this. If you get this, I'm I'm done. Um, what's the name of the flower service that Bob uses to send flowers to Phyllis? It is briefly frame scene <laughs> on the delivery man's jacket. <laughs> no clue. It uh, is William Edwards Flowers. I would never have guessed. Tuck that one away if you ever want to stump anyone. Okay. That is... William Edwards. I had to pause a lot because it was too blurry. <laughs> um, but I finally figured it out. I got the first word from his hat in the first scene and the rest on his jacket later. <laughs> uh, that's Working hard for the That's trivia. impossible. Yeah. yeah. Um, those are all my questions. However, given that it is uh, Easter time when this episode's coming out, roughly... Oh, yeah, yeah. I have three Easter eggs that I found out from this episode uh it's a valentine's day so that the, the with the romance theme during all of jim's talking heads in this episode pam walks by in the background delivering phyllis gifts you always see pam Interesting. Oh, wow. and, jim's, oh, and in all of pam's talking heads jim is sitting in the background talking to someone else hmm. so you always get them oh yeah, that's a nice fun thing. Uh, yeah uh, the second one um the the person who michael thinks is tina fey the tina fey look yeah yeah uh, funny enough, appears in season two of Thirty Rock in the episode Sandwich Day. Wow! As the check-in lady. Wow! So she actually was in Thirty Rock. That uh, is a fun fact. That's yeah. a mouthy sandwich girl. Now this one. <laughs> now this last one. I I noticed this given this frame by frame trivia. That's how I'm watching it. I noticed this, and I only found one other someone posted on Reddit also noticing this. And you might want to bring this up, Sean. Okay, in at the at the six minute thirty eight timestamp, I am almost positive. Which episode? In, in Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. In this, yeah, this yeah. is all from this episode. We see Lin Manuel Miranda, pre fame, very young, is in <laughs> the background of the shot, and I don't think he's credited or anything because he wasn't. No one knew who he was in two thousand six. Uh, shoot. I don't know I don't if you're know. being able to pull it up, but yeah. let me give you that homework. <laughs> Again, the timestamp is at six minutes, 38 seconds. Michael's just walking down the street. If it isn't Lynn Wynn or Miranda, it is an insane coincidence that someone would be in that area. And it makes sense that Lynn Manuel would be, he was doing um, right. In the Heights at the time. Right. He so, would have been in the area. It would have made sense. Wow, you're right. You're not the only person who's noticed this. Yeah, because immediately I was like, it, was this on purpose? Um, and everyone agrees it looks exactly like them, but people don't. But I can't people find like, I can't. the grab, the screen grab. Do you have wow, it? Wow, I can see it. Yeah, I have it pulled up. Yeah, this guy right here? Yeah. Here, Sean, come around and look at this. It looks a lot like him. Here, I... Uh... Oh, my God. Yeah, I see it. Damn. I... Like that does look like him. He would have been in New York. I don't know. It it, <laughs> it feels like if they were just shooting Mike, if they were shooting Steve Carell walking around, is it crazy that he's in this? <laughs> it's not him. You don't think so? I don't no. know. If, it looks like him for sure. It looks like him for sure, but it's not. Dunder right. Miff, Lin Manuel Miranda. Hey, nice one. All right. Well, <laughs> listeners, again, Valentine's you- Day. You look for yourself yourself and you tell us. You can tell us on our social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter at Michael Scott Pod. We're on Instagram at Michael Scott Podcast Company. And we have a phone number that you can call and you can leave us a message. Sometimes we play it on the show. That's 503-694-9314. Give us a call. 
Check in next week when we have another show where we discuss some aspect of our favorite show, NBC's The Office. And thank you for listening. All right. Hey, 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 hey. That's just the way we talk in the clink. We'll see you next week. Oy vey. Shamir. It was always burning since the world for turning. Ryan started the fire. It was always burning since everybody Ryan. was turning. Ryan made it melons. Ryan Rollins ran on the Maryland Ryan started the fire. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.